Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor podcast with Victor Dadaj, where you'll hear stories and strategies to help increase your sales and grow your business. Here's your host, Victor Dadaj. All right, welcome to Entrepreneurs Visiting Victor. I'm your host, Victor Dadaj. I hope you're having an amazing day so far. Today, we have an awesome guest. He is a top broker associate in Jacksonville Beach, Florida. He specializes in residential listings and has a passion for educating younger generations on the benefits of home ownership and the pitfalls of consumer debt. He has grown his business 100% organically, no bought leads or business. Social media plays a huge role in the story of his success, paired with building quality personal relationships. He believes that if you put others first, everything else will fall into place. And although real estate has always been his passion, he also spent time in the U.S. Navy as an aviation search and rescue swimmer. His experiences include real estate, life as a naval aviator, career transition, and raising a family all at the same time. And he is on a mission to break the middle-class mold, as he calls it, and to create generational wealth and leave a lasting legacy. So let's welcome Nate Riggs. How are you doing today, Nate? Hey, um, good to be good. Uh, good to be here. I'm uh, appreciate the intro too. Uh, it's great to have you on. So, Nate, I'd like to get started by asking you to please share your story. How did you wind up becoming an entrepreneur? Yeah. Okay. So uh, early on, from the time earliest memories, uh, we owned a flower shop when I was a kid, and then my grandpa he had come back from. World War II and opened up a hotel of sorts. It was a sportsman's marina and lodge. And so everything was very family business uh, like that. And also uh, another part of that puzzle is that my dad was a pastor. So I had all these influences. None of them were a nine to five. They were all, we had a family business, which was the flower shop. I was riding around in the delivery van with one grandpa. I was staying at the sportsman, the lodge with another. And then it branched out from there. We had all kinds of other influences. I think at one time we were like collecting coins at the local laundromat, right? We had those jobs, soda machines. So kind of like I said, no one had a nine to five that was influencing me. So I didn't really see ever the possibility of having a job. It was almost like the only thing that I did know. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So yeah, basically you always pulled from the time you were a kid, you were supposed to entrepreneurial stuff. Yes. Family yeah, had a exactly. flower shop, had a hotel, the lodge. Dad was a pastor. He collected coins in the laundromat. So, yeah, so to you, nine to five was very foreign. But it's it's interesting because obviously you grew up around entrepreneurial stuff. And yet, when you went to school, all you heard was nine to five. How did that feel going out from like grades one to 12, just say, get a job, you know, work 40 years and just retire? Whereas all around you were surrounded by stuff that was the opposite of nine to five. That's a good question because I, I I felt kind of, you know, out of place. So you're going to school and that's exactly it. You hear, go to college, get a job, do the safe thing, do the cautious thing, right? Just make sure it's guaranteed. Um, and so I tried to follow that a few times. I've actually quit college now twice because I've gone back, um, you know, so for an example, I knew I wanted to get in real estate, but instead of just getting my license when I left high school, I went to college for business and marketing. So there I was, and I'm trying to learn the business and marketing stuff. I found out you could get your license and you don't need a four-year degree. You don't need to take out these school loans to start working. So I was like, I'm going to do it today. And, you know, I did it for a little bit, some other 
parts of the story are me getting involved in the Navy, and we'll probably come to that later. But one, even once I left the Navy, I had the GI Bill. And so at this time, I'm already successful as a real estate agent, I already have a career, family, own property, all this. But I was like, I'll go back to college because I have this free you know, ability with the GI Bill. I earned it, so I might as well use it. And while I'm sitting in the college class, I'm learning about, I think, man, what class was it? I was in a accounting class. And man, it was tough. It's tough stuff. And I'm sitting there thinking, I have an accountant that I pay <laughs> to handle this stuff for me. Why am I sitting here in accountant's class? And I never went back again. Uh, that was it. Now, that being said, I continue to educate myself through books and YouTube and studies. And I wish college was set up more for an entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneurial person, entrepreneur, that we could just go in and say, hey, there's a skill I need uh, and I need it coming up soon. So I'm just going to hop in this class. Unfortunately, they kind of structure it. So, oh, hold on. You got to take the prereqs first to get to that level. And you're like, man, my life experience, my business growth, can that be my prerequisite? So I can just jump in. So you're right. It does growing up, going through the school process. Um, I, I had good grades. Uh, well, let's say this. I was like a C average student through high school. But the thing was, if you look back at my records, it was really just because I wasn't interested in doing the homework. The busy work had didn't do much for me. It was kind of boring. And I would just study and prep for a test and go in. And I knew the odds were as long as I aced the test, if I didn't do the homework, I'd come out with the C and we'd, we'd be good. That was kind of the mindset back then. Uh, thanks for sharing that. So yeah, basically throughout school you fell out of place because you just heard, you know, you know, get a good job, study, you know, you know, get a good education, get yourself a steady job. And yeah. you did try that, you know, even though you were working real estate, you took you were majoring in business and marketing. And after a while you realized you didn't need a four year degree That's right. and, to get the license. And um uh, and then later on, you know, you're in the Navy, and we'll get to that in a little bit. You, the GI Bill allowed you to go back to college. And you realize that when your course was accounted, which was a very difficult course, you realize, you know, I pay an accountant to take care of my stuff. So, yeah. and, and that's what a lot of successful people do. The stuff that they're not good at, they delegate it to someone else. They pay them so they can focus on the things that they're really good at, that they can make the most money in, that, that, that they can make a big difference in. Instead of trying to be great at everything, they focus on the things that are the most important and the rest they don't. Yeah. That's what you, that's the realization that you came to. It's like, I have an accountant to take care of this. I don't need to that's really it. focus on it. That's it. I have to have a base knowledge of it. I need to know the numbers and you know how they work. I need to review them with him, but do I need to know the intricacies of his job? No. And you brought up a good point too. I've had, uh, you know, Shauna, my wife, she has said this before, like, man, you're just good at everything you do. And I'm like, well, that's because I only do what I'm good at. And I think anybody could apply that if you were like, hey, I'm only going to do the things that I'm good at. Therefore, I'm good at everything. You know, if I rated myself on a one to 10 scale, the things I'm an eight at, I'm going to hone in on those. And the things I'm a three at, I'm just going to hire someone else to take care of them for me rather than trying to make that three a five. And instead, I lose time on that eight and it drops down to a six. You know what I'm saying? I want to be peak performer at the thing I'm good at and the things I'm not there's somebody I can hire to do those. And that's perfectly fine. That's part of being an entrepreneur, part of running your business. Right, because you want to focus on the things that you're good at and you get better when you focus on. When you're, when you're like all over the place, you're good enough. You become a renaissance man, a jack of all trades, yeah. a master of nothing. And I remember that's Bruce it. Lee said, 
I don't fear the guy who's tried uh, a thousand different kicks. I fear the guy who's tried one one kick a thousand times because That's he's good. gotten good at it a thousand times. And another guy talked about, um, and I'm sure he talked about, you know, if you're going to get good at cooking a dish, you know, over the course of 30 days, if you try a different dish each night, you're not going to get good at any of those dishes. But if you tried the one dish 30 days in a row, you're going to master cooking that dish. That's so good. Focus, yeah. Focus, uh, an acronym for it is follow one course until successful. You get good at it. And a lot of people make the mistake of going back and forth. And and that's not what you do. You focus on the things you're good at, and that's how you get yeah. better. And if you say you delegate what it is, uh, you know, when you're you know, not so good at it, other things. And that's that's the way successful people do. Guy, a group does a concert. All they focus on is playing the music. They're not the ones setting up the theater, getting the seats, selling the tickets, getting the sound check yeah. ready. That's they, they hire other people to do. All their job is is to play the music and keep the fans happy. And so they focus on what they're good at. And you also right. mentioned you 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 did get an education. Now, you were a C average uh, student in school because you found a lot of stuff boring. Now, a lot of people don't understand. They're like There's like seven different types of knowledge. Schools only cover two types. That's why yeah. there are a lot of people like you who are like average students. But when they got out, they were very successful because they had other types of intelligence and they utilized it to become successful. And I think a lot of people don't understand that. And, um, you know, you, you were very entrepreneurial and uh, and you continue education. You know, you read a lot of books, you watch a lot of YouTube videos, you, you honed your skills and you got better at it. And um, that's yeah. something that's uh, very important. Now, um, when did you get started in real estate? Okay, so I first got my license, oh, man, I believe it was like spring of 2007. So as you know, early 2000s, you had the Great Recession. So I was, I graduated high school in 2006. So by 2007, uh, and it might have been 2008, I'd have to go back and see I was fully licensed and started selling real estate. And I was I was selling homes uh, down in Indian Rocks Beach, Florida. But this was after the recession had already started. So I, I remember my first condo that I sold, I sold it for $210,000. It was right there on the water. It was bank owned. And the year before it had sold for $540,000. It had been repossessed by the bank and then they sold it. And the people I sold it to 210,000. So that's how crazy it was. And here's the thing. I was still living at home with mom and dad. I was still working part-time at the mall to support myself, doing real estate, learning how to do it. And as you know, a, a young early twenties, like 20 year old kid, who doesn't have a lot of life experience. And now we just went into this great recession type period. It was, it was really hard. Like it's, it's hard anyways. And that was really hard. So that's kind of what led me to the military because I was like, I need to grow up a little bit. I need to get some life experience. I want to come back to this, but what can I do in the meantime? And like so many others at that time period, you figure you did have, things going on in the other side of the world. So I was patriotic and I had that in me. So kind of the mix of that brought me to the Navy and I looked for jobs that were like top jobs. And I wanted to have that basically almost on my resume. I know that sounds crazy to people and it sounded crazy to people when I was in, but even while I was in the Navy and I had a, a very high stress job as a search and rescue swimmer, I was like, guys, this isn't where I'm going to live. Some guys do that as a whole career and that's great, but I knew I was going to do my time and I was going to leave. So I think my first real estate license expired in 2011, or you, you have the ability in Florida to freeze it 
And then by 2018, I reactivated my real estate license. So you figure there's a seven year gap there. I just went in and kind of started from scratch, activated my license in 2018. I didn't separate from the Navy until 2020. So that was a, it was a year and a half overlap that I did both jobs. And the reason was because now I'm not a 20 year old kid. I'm a 30 year old man and I've got, you know, a baby on the way, a wife, another kid, I own a house. I can't just separate from the Navy and not have income, right? I got to generate it. So I was working every single weekend. Anytime I wasn't flying in a helicopter or teaching a class, I was out there knocking on doors, making phone calls and learning the ins and outs of the business. In January, 2020, I separate from the Navy. I'm full-time real estate. And what happens in March, we roll right into COVID. So I had that challenge thrown at me. All of these things really motivated me. You know, I don't want to be, I know that was like a serious event, but when I looked at it from the books I had read, from the history I had studied, I was like, this is the time where you either crawl under the covers and you're afraid, or you take market share, you step up to the plate and you take ownership. And, and that's exactly what I did. And our business exploded in 2020, which is crazy because it's when most people just kind of imploded. They stayed inside. You know, I never left the office. Me and one other guy, we had this like 18,000 square foot office that two of us used. I never stopped going to the office every single day, even through COVID, everything it took. And we, we shifted the business. It was no longer like just a sales call. But when you mentioned building relationships, that's when a lot of those relationships were built. Because what was I doing? Uh, it was as simple as me just going through my phone, going through my database and calling my people and saying, hey, how are you? How is your family? Is everybody OK? Great. Thanks. Um, let us know if we can do anything for you. And that was it. And then as we came out of COVID and I kept calling these people, now it shifted back towards like, oh, by the way, we sell real estate, this, that, the other. And the business started coming in. But I believe that it came in through those organic relationships that were built during that time, just calling people to say, how are you? No, that's definitely some good stuff there. Um, yeah, you uh you started selling in 2007 and you got fully licensed in 2008, right during the peak of the recession. So, yeah. Uh, and, and during, you've gone through a lot of uh, adversity, a lot of uh, tough yeah. times, which, but I think one of the things that happened was if you never go through adversity, you won't, it's hard to get better. It's hard to really achieve a lot when you, when you, and you overcame that adversity there and you, you got stronger and you become a better person. You realize you could handle obstacles and problems. A lot of people fear because it's obviously scary, but when you can overcome it, it really makes you a stronger person. Yeah. And I think if you look at my track record, whether you look at it in real estate or you look at it in the Navy, it's like, I'm, it's just in my psyche that I operate better under pressure. And like, if there's not a lot of pressure, I'm just relaxing by the pool. I'm hanging out. I'm at the beach. I like to enjoy life too. I work hard, but I love enjoying life. So if there's not a lot of pressure, then, you know, it's harder for me to succeed. Maybe that's was the challenge with school. There's not a ton of pressure to school. You go every day, you don't really have a choice, not huge pressure. You get in a sales job in a, you own your own business, you know, career path. There's a lot of pressure there. How's your family gonna eat? You're gonna keep the lights on? You guys gonna be able to drive a car? You're gonna pay for your life insurance? You're gonna save money? You're gonna invest? There's a lot of pressure there and it really adds to our success. No, absolutely. And like you say, you operate better under pressure. And, and there are a lot of people that are like that. You know, you have a lot of things to take care of. You got a lot of expenses. You got family to feed. You got a wife and, you know, a kid. And 
And and the thing is, like if 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 there's no deadlines, no pressure, people some people do tend to realize they tend to procrastinate. Like I know when I was in the corporate world, you know, my boss says I need this by tomorrow. Guess what? I would get started on that project because he needed it by tomorrow. Yeah. If he said, you know, I don't need it till next week. You know what? I wait two or three days because yeah. this this until next Monday. It's only, yeah, I wait till next Monday. And that's why coupons have deadlines because if the coupon is like forever, you'll take your time using it. But if it's like yeah. it buyers at the end of the week, you're going to use that coupon. Or when people go on vacation, you notice that the two days before vacation, they get so much done. Yeah. Because they're, they're away for a week. Man, it's incredible that's how it. much they get done. But if they're not on vacation, like, oh, I can finish it on Monday. But that's uh, incredible. Pressure and deadlines, they, they really do uh, work on a lot of people. So I'm glad you brought that up. No, and you were doing a lot, you know, when you got started, you were working part of something, you were living with your family, then you went to the military and got some too. Now, one question I want to ask is, um, obviously, you learned a lot there, but I've, I've interviewed other people during the military. And one thing they they, ta- they told me was they also learned how to be more consistent because there was a structure when they were in the military, and they learned consistency, which was really one thing that was vital to, to their success. Did you have that experience too? Yeah, consistency is the biggest thing. And I'm glad you brought up that word. Uh, it was either going to be that or like work ethic or, uh, you know, some sort of self starter. But consistency is it. You can't be a perfectionist. You can't um, wait till you have everything in order to start. You ha- There's a book called Starting Ugly. You just have to like jump in and go. And then you have to go every single day. When you do 10 years in the Navy where you're at work, Monday through Friday, you don't have a choice. You're there every third weekend, or you go on a full eight month deployment where you work around the clock for the whole eight months, right? There's no days off when you're on deployment, right? And so you're used to that where a lot of people who maybe get into real estate or some other small business type job, some entrepreneur path, they are more apt to just i'm going to sleep in on tuesday and uh, i'll take wednesday off i'll get back to it on thursday we're like i'm here at the office every single day i mean i take weekends off i try to take a friday off if i don't the the plus side is i spend more time with my family because i can control it a little bit you know if i if i'm under the gun on something i'm up at 4 a.m if i want to get my workout in i've got to get up at 4 be in the gym by five, be at the office by seven, doing my admin work on the phones by eight o'clock. And that's my day by 11. If I don't have any appointments, if I don't have any new projects by 11 o'clock, I'm done. So I do get to spend more time with the kids, but hopefully, you know, we do like to fill up, you know, three out of five of those days during the week with afternoon work as well, or else we're not making any money and the business isn't growing. Yeah. No, actually, and thanks for sharing that because obviously you get a lot done, especially early in the morning. And then, you know, you'll like at least three days out of the week goes to do afternoon stuff. You also get to spend more time yeah. with your family. And, and it's hard. Good. It's hard. It sucks waking up at 4 a.m. I know people like, you know, and I'm not I'm not at it. I wish I was doing it every single day. You know, I'm, I'm not. But the thing is, I'm consistently going after it and I'm consistently showing up at work. And that's what's giving you results. We use social media consistently. I'm posting on social media every single day. It's not perfect. Sometimes they go off and you get thousands of views. Other times you get four views and you don't know. But every single day you have to keep doing it. And that's what builds the track record. No, absolutely. People, people buy your consistency. They say that you're consistent. They're going to trust you more. They're going to like you more. They say, this guy's showing up all the time and they're more likely to work for you. And consistency also compounds. It has that compound effect. I think a lot of people 
don't understand the power consistency because they don't see results, man. They're like, oh, after yeah. a week or two, the this doesn't work. But sometimes it True. takes months. But it, it, it it's it but over the course of months, you're gonna start seeing some great results if you show up every single day. And which is why you just gotta be patient. A lot of people are not patient in this age of instant gratification. If they don't see results today, they yeah. just give up. And and those are the ones that don't that lose out at the end. So definitely some really yeah. good stuff here. And um, yeah, so you you were in the Navy for a lot of years and your license expired in 2011. You reactivated in 2018. Um, and then it was like a seven-year gap. And but you and you did real estate and you were still in the Navy for another year and a half because you know yeah. you have the family to take care of. So that must have been quite the challenge. So um, that was another thing to overcome, but you needed that money to support the family. So you That's true. but you know, you kept your eyes on the prize. You had this big goal and you know it wasn't gonna be forever. A year and a half you you left the true. Navy. And then you were able to focus solely on the real estate. Some people are, it's it's because you were willing to make that sacrifice because of the kind of life you wanted to provide for yourself and for your family. A lot of people lose sight of that. The big why that says, so, a lot of people seem to be, are interested in the idea of success. They're not, they are not willing to do what it takes to be successful. Would you agree? Yeah, I agree with that. A lot of people want it. They they listen to the podcast every day, but they don't they ultimately don't make the choice to go after it. I'll say this, the most difficult part about a career transition is not the part where you're working two jobs. It's the part where the people at your primary job that you're leaving take it personal. These are your these are your friends, your colleagues, your coworkers. You've built a relationship with them over the 5 to 10 years, and once you step up and you say, "Hey, I'm moving on to something different, something better for me you'll really find out who your friends are who your advocates are and who aren't i remember that as i was leaving the navy you know we were in a special program it was a tight brotherhood but there were several guys that it seemed like took it personal they were upset that i wasn't you know sticking around for a full career or at a job maybe you have extracurriculars right so you go in and do your nine to five but if you want to climb the corporate ladder you've got to pick up these additional jobs right you understand that you were in corporate world so once you decide to make the jump you then say i'm only going to do the bare minimums that doesn't mean that you're not doing quality work it just means i'm going to show up and i'm going to complete my project to the best that i can do it but i'm no longer climbing the ladder so i'm no longer going to take on those extracurricular job sets you know whatever they are right and some people get frustrated that they think you should still be picking these up until the day you leave and so that was probably the biggest challenge even over having to work two jobs at the same time uh thanks for sharing that because i think a lot of people may not be aware of that so but obviously they the first thing most people think is like you're working two jobs which are but you, you mentioned some people take it personally you know they hate to see you leaving them and they, they don't yeah. want you to leave and you know also you you often don't work as hard in the first job because you're going to you're planning to leave for something that's where your main focus is and they, and they don't like yeah. that as well so the the, the the dynamics change your relationships with the people from your primary job will change and um and you, you know another thing is you're looking to better yourself, and some people don't like that. Some people want you to stay where you where they are, yeah. Because they see if you're trying to make yourself better to be on your level, they have to make themselves better. And a lot of people are not willing to do that. They much rather keep you down to their level because it's much easier to do. That's it. That's it. 
Yeah. And, and um, the other thing you mentioned was, you know, 2020 COVID hits and definitely big challenges with the real estate markets for obvious reasons. But uh, one thing you mentioned was you never left the office. Now you shifted gears, you and your partner, um, you focus on building relationships. You were just reaching out to you, say, how you doing? Hope all is well. I'm here for you. And you just yep. kept you know, reaching out to me. And, and, and that shows the importance of building relationships because later on, when things started easing up, when uh, people started buying again, COVID wasn't as drastic as it was, say, in 2020. Um, you reach out to those same people, and then some of them were interested in getting some real estate. Why? Because you reached out to them, you checked up on them, yep. you showed them that you cared, you built those relationships. And I don't think people, uh, there are a lot of people who don't place enough emphasis on building those relationships because if, if I don't care how good you are. If people don't know you, they don't like you, they don't trust you, they're not going to work with you. And you know, if a friend of mine tells me, hey, you got to try out this new restaurant, I'm going to trust him because he's my friend. A stranger comes and he says, you go, go eat at this place. I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to listen to him. Maybe. I don't yeah, know. Maybe. Let me look up the reviews and see if everybody else agrees. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah definitely. So um, another question I want to ask you, because you said you studied, you know, you read books and um, listened to YouTube videos. How important a part did personal, personal development play in your success? Um. How how much how big a part did personal development take? I mean, I, I think it's pretty important. I think you, I think it's the most important thing. I guess you have to constantly be looking in the mirror, and you constantly have to be evaluating yourself. If I have a bad, if I have someone, if I have a client that I sense is not wholly satisfied, the human thing to do, the the thing that most in society is going to do, is kind of. Pfft, uh, forget that person. They got an attitude and go gossip about it with their other people. For me, it, it starts with me. Did I do everything that I could do? Did I understand that person's personality enough? Did I understand their needs enough, their wants enough to fully deliver a product that was going to satisfy them? Are they satisfiable? And, you know, so it starts there. And even if this was a difficult client, a difficult, difficult person to work with, I still look in and say, okay, I should pick up on those cues and here's how I can do a better job in the future when I run into this personality type again. So I think hands down, you got to look at yourself. You've got to study. You've got to have wisdom. You've got to have empathy, which is huge. You got to be able to pull yourself out of yourself, circle around, see everybody's perspective, jump back in yourself and handle the situation, you know, that is win-win for everybody. No, I agree. Definitely some good points there. Like even you have a client who's not satisfied, who may be difficult. Um, you want to understand where they're coming from. You know, did I understand their needs and their wants? You know, see their perspective. And those kind of things help because you can learn the next time you do another client who, you know, you want to make sure you serve them as best as you can and keep them happy because a happy client will, number one, keep coming back. Number two, yeah. they're going to tell all their friends by saying, you know, Nate took care of me. He was great to work with. I highly recommend him. So as we're getting toward the end of our interview, or do you have any um, last-minute tips for people in the world who want to be successful as an entrepreneur all, and who are looking to get into the real estate industry? What what, what things you should recommend to them? Okay, great. Um, real estate industry, this is an industry. It's simple, not easy. So we go back to the beginning of our conversation. You've got to be consistent. you got to put the time in. When you look at my numbers, my first uh, six months, it took six months to do one transaction. So you better have some money saved up in the bank and you better have some work ethic or another job, right? And so it took six months for one transaction. The next year I did six transactions, the following year 11, and then after that 25 and it's grown from there. So 
that's a good number. The average agent in America does six to eight transactions a year. So once you hit 11, you're doing twice the business, right? And then once you hit 25 or more, you're really on your way to, to running a team, to doing a business. So it does take time, but you've got to find your rhythm and you've got to hit it every single day. That would be the biggest thing there. And I forget you had another more general question before the real estate question. Just in general, so entrepreneurs just getting started. Oh yeah. It's probably pretty simple. You need to kind of know your craft. The product might be what, like, what is your product? Like for me, it's, I am the product. Yeah. The houses are the product, but houses are always, there's a new house on the market, a different one's gone all the time. So I have to know that product, but I am also the product for the client. And that's how a lot of your small businesses are going to be. That's why your personal relationships are so huge. So if you're not a good product, for the client, you're not going to get a lot of business, right? So you've got to get yourself in there. Um, so studying those books are good. And you don't have to, here's the other thing too. Don't overwhelm yourself. You know, I know if you get on social media, if you get on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok, there's, uh, there's probably a million guys out there. You got to do this five days. Of, you got to write this. You got to do this. You got to blah, blah, blah. Find the one or two guys that are successful that are top level like is it elon musk is it gary v is it tom ferry is it ryan serhan uh tony robbins right Th that level of guys i don't have to listen to all eight ten of these guys every day and do it all i just need to pick the one or two that talks to me and tells me gives me the right guidance and then i need to take what they offer consider those tools and i need to put those tools in my toolbox if I'm working now, let's break that down. Like if I'm, if I'm a mechanic and I'm working on a vehicle, I might have tools in my toolbox to do the brakes, to rebuild an engine, to put a new window motor in. I'm not going to use every tool, every job. So you do have to gain, you have to continually fill your toolbox and you have to gain, but take the tool that, that works for you and put it in use. That's the biggest thing. You don't have to be like the guy down the road like your cousin, like your brother, like your friend that you're, you're comparing yourself on social media to constantly. Just get in your lane, be consistent, do something creative, that's fine. But you need to be focused on consistency and the base and, you know, be you. Yeah, definitely some good stuff there. So definitely for real estate, it's simple, not easy. You got to be consistent, save up some money, maybe have another job, have the good work ethic. It takes time. You can say yep. it took you uh, six months to close one deal. Next year, you got six and 11. It just kept growing and growing. So yeah. it, it will happen, but you got to be patient and take time. And I think that pretty much is the same in, any, in most business when you get started. It takes time. You got to be patient with yourself. And like you said, being an entrepreneur, know your craft and the product. You are the product for the client. So you got to make sure you have those relations built with them because that's so important. Listen to successful people you know, act on some tips that they have. You don't need to listen to all 20, 30 of those guys. Just find one or two that you That's it. dealt with. You really get a lot of it. Listen to them and then, you know, act on some of the things they recommend. And just like you said, be consistent. I think it's one of the most important things. Be consistent with everything and you'll get the results uh, long term. So, Nate, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. It was a real pleasure having you on. You share a yeah. lot of great stuff, a lot of great value. And, uh, and I know the people listening uh, appreciate all that you shared. And if people want to get in touch with you, what is the best way for them to contact you? 
Best way, NateRiggsOfficial.com. That's my website. That is has a link to all of my social medias on there, as well as contact forms. I guarantee that I'll get in contact with you if you fill one out. Um, the other ways, YouTube, Instagram, at NateRiggsOfficial. I'm always in the comments, always in the messages there. I kind of live there. So at NateRiggsOfficial or NateRiggsOfficial.com. That's it. It's that simple. Awesome. Thanks again, Nate. Appreciate it. Have yourself a wonderful day. All right. Thanks, Victor. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, please smash that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our amazing episodes. Please also leave a five-star rating review and have an awesome day.